0: The biggest thing for us is definitely shorts because a lot of the data that we're getting right now is somewhat skewed because it's still such a new platform. They're also introducing a new way of using shorts where they're gonna lead to more long form content. If you have a product or a service that's higher AOV, might require more than one touch point, more explanation, education, that sort of thing. A really interesting way to use it is to have shorter shorts to give a little bit of information and then bring them to the long form stuff. Most brands are already making short form content for Instagram Reels, for TikTok. Just post them in shorts. It's a great way to build views and build that channel without adding a whole ton of extra work for you.
1: Are you ready to grow your audience and revenue? Sendinblue is a multi-channel marketing platform that empowers businesses to create stronger customer relationships. Create personalized emails, captivating SMS campaigns, chat, custom landing pages, quick sign-up forms, automated workflows, and more instantly. Curious to learn more? Sign up today at sendinblue.com forward slash DTC and enter promo code DTC to get one month free on a premium plan. Do it all with Sendinblue. It's all killer, no filler, the DTC podcast. I'm Eric Dick. Today, we are here with Chelsea, Dougie, and Cam from Pilot House. Chelsea and Dougie are from Pilot House's Google and YouTube team. So we're doing a bit of a retrospective on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. From the Google perspective, we caught up with our meta team uh, last week. So we're gonna talk about results on the Google Suite, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, as well as our 2023 predictions. I'm just curious, when we talked with the meta team about results, I think there was, no one was expecting like a down year, but everyone was kind of holding their breath a little bit. I think about what results would look like this Black Friday, Cyber Monday versus last. Chelsea, from your perspective, what were you thinking going in, and what were your expect? How were your expectations met with Google performance uh, over Black Friday Cyber Monday?
0: Well, I mean, for me going in, being on the creative side, going in, I obviously concerned about um, results in the performance side of things, but you know, it was whether everything was going to be a little bit more stressful, a little bit more on edge. Um, but, you know, talking with a lot of people, we were all going through Black Friday this year a little bit more calm, which is kind of suspicious. And, you know, looking performance wise, we were kind of thinking things might be a little bit, I don't want to say down year over year, but, you know, similar to what they said, just not really sure what it was going to be like on the performance side.
1: And how was it?
0: For the most part, it was, it was actually really well. You know, there were a couple accounts where we didn't quite meet, you know, what we were expecting. Um, But there was also a lot of areas where we, you know, went above and beyond, you know, just looking back, there's an account that we worked on that was just paid search at the beginning uh, for Black Friday last year. And we added YouTube in April this year. And then, you know, comparing year over year, we were up in overall revenue 37% for November. So it was really awesome to see, you know, some, some huge, huge wins too.
1: Interesting to hear that coming from YouTube, too. It's the, just all the buzz these days is on just the sheer scope and scale of YouTube. Dougie, from your perspective on Google, how, how were things this year?
2: Yeah, I think it was good. Uh, I think, like you said, there was some skepticism, especially given how like the early part of the year had played out. I think a lot of advertisers were a bit worried about Black Friday and Cyber 5 overall. Especially looking at year over year, right? Like COVID years, COVID curve, people were growing like crazy in 2020, 2021. Um, and I think um, given the slight softness we saw throughout the first three quarters of um, a relative softness, right? Uh, through uh, 2022, there was some, not fear, but certainly some worry about um, how. Black Friday and Cyber 5 were going to perform. But overall, I think it depends client to client, right? But uh, the vast majority of clients certainly broke year over year records as well. Google has been reporting that over Cyber 5, uh, only 4% growth, which, I mean, is roughly what we expected. But over the Black Friday day specifically, we did see 12% growth. So that kind of points to consumers holding out for what they presume to be the best deal, right? Like the early sales didn't quite hit as hard. But yeah, overall, uh, definitely positive, but not, uh, yeah, there was some, certainly some skepticism going in.
1: I'm a little embarrassed to say this. The first time I've heard the term Cyber 5, because Cyber Monday clearly does not uh, capture what Cyber Monday is anymore, because every sale that I was uh, signed up for went throughout the week. I'm still getting texts from a t-shirt company that they're still extending their sales further. So thanks for teaching me about that. My question is, so with, with Meta and like paid social, uh, you know, whenever Saul or uh, some of the other Google people come on the podcast, there's sort of a, a metaphor about how with Facebook, you can kind of like hit the scale button, you press, you, you know, you can you can dump a bunch of spend into it, fresh creative, and you can really scale it up. Whereas with Google's more of a jet taking off where you've got you kind of build it over time. I'm curious, like, what, what are your thoughts on how Google scaled during this time, I guess, I guess search volume scales. So it's like top of funnel just scales naturally during this time as well, right? Totally. And
2: I think uh, you make a super point there about um, kind of the jet taking off. I think a lot of uh, advertisers can make the mistake of launching campaigns the day of and they just don't have the learnings to perform. Because especially if you're using value-based bidding over a 30-day look-back period, which is what Google uses for that value-based bidding, it just doesn't have the data to take off. uh, And you're ending up the first four days of a sale struggling to get spend out the door, and then all of a sudden you spend like crazy on the last day and it still doesn't really have any conversion data behind it. So that's why it's important if you're launching direct value-based campaigns to get them started early even if they don't have the copy or creative specific to Black Friday in there. You want your your campaigns to get a little bit warm. Um, it's a slightly different scenario when we're talking about stuff that isn't using that value-based bidding but definitely I think um, a lot of advertisers can make that mistake where they they launch the day of Black Friday or your whenever your sale starts right and they Uh, They can't get spend going um, and then it overspends on days that they didn't want it to overspend and it it just ends up being a bit of a mess. So uh, you're definitely right where you definitely want to warm up your campaigns going into um, a sale period.
1: Are most of our Google clients also running YouTube at this point? They most they mostly are. So, has this and this has this always been the case? Has this always been the case with our Google clients? Like, I just feel YouTube is just coming on like a hurricane here. People are talking about shorts like crazy, being super super valuable. When it comes to actually YouTube, what video formats are were working best this year, Chelsea?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, towards the beginning of the year, we mostly run like in-stream skippable ads. That's the classic if you're watching a YouTube video. But, you know, towards the end of the year, and especially in Q4 this year, we've been testing a ton of shorts on lots of our accounts. So, I mean, you know, if people don't know what that is, it's essentially YouTube's version of a TikTok, of an Instagram Reel. So it's really starting to grow as a platform. And, you know, in lots of cases over the Black Friday period, we were actually seeing YouTube shorts ads perform better than, than those in-stream skippable. So yeah, it's, it's been really interesting to see that sort of new channel and kind of like adapting to that.
1: It's, it's so, you know, you think of TikTok and, and Instagram, they've built their video platforms with the quick hit social video. YouTube's for 10 years, 12 years, 15 years now, been producing these long form, building up this huge, huge audience, and then just putting shorts on as like the cherry on top of their incredible stack. So I can just see it, like everyone that I talk, it's funny, I'm, I'm starting to t- think that you know, we have to eat our own medicine a lot here, take our own dog food, eat our own dog food, take our own medicine and start getting way more shorts up. Cause we have a YouTube channel. We just put our long form content there if people want to see it, but we have to start getting more short form content than there, because that's really where you're going to catch the eyes of most new shoppers, regardless of the season at this point on YouTube, probably. Right.
0: Yeah. And that's one thing I've been telling a lot of our, our clients at pilot house is, you know, most brands are already making short form content for Instagram reels for TikTok So you know, just post them in shorts. It's it's a great way to to build views and and build that channel, you know, without adding a whole ton of extra work for you.
1: I'm, and is it, I'm speak curious about that extra, oh, sorry, I'm just curious, like, what are the video styles? Like, what are the... Yeah, that's is, what I was
2: going to ask. I'd love to know what was working. Like, what was the creative?
0: So in shorts, like, a lot of the stuff, I, you know, it's hard to describe because there's a lot of different styles. But if you think, like, classic TikTok, like, we've been doing... You know, a lot of the the automated voiceover stuff and really toying with the kind of loop concept. Because, I mean, even though it's serving as an ad in YouTube Shorts, it still loops. Uh, So just to get people to watch it over and over again, having the same ending as the beginning, because that way your ad, Google's going to like your ad a lot more because it feels like people are really interested in it, right? So kind of using that strategy has been really good for us. And then just a lot of kind of like that scrappier UGC style and like the green screen videos, all that stuff has been really well for TikTok has is, is been what's been working for us on shorts.
1: And these are different videos than what you're running as pre-rolls generally. Are there some instances where the pre-rolls videos just like get cut and, and work in shorts as well?
0: There are some cases, like I said, like the like UGC style videos, we still do a lot of that in like a standard in-stream ad, but for the most part, we're kind of, adapting and changing because you know that's been the interesting thing is on the YouTube side we are used to working with more polished content whereas you know paid socials they're used to that scrappier and like that sort of thing so we've almost had to like switch our mindset to think a little bit more as someone who does work with content on like paid socials to get a little scrappier a little bit more clickbaity if you will.
1: We talk about angles all the time On uh, this podcast, just sort of related to pain points, really diving into customer avatars, and I know you know that's part of the pilot house ethos is is finding those angles. Uh, But I see a note here that some of the angles that brought you to Cyber Monday, to Cyber Five, Black Friday, were not the ones that ended up working the best during the time period. Can you speak to that a little bit?
0: Yeah. So that was the interesting thing. You know, we talk a lot about doing a ton of testing throughout the year to really iron out and figure out what angles are going to work on the account um, so that once we get there, we know what we, you know, what we're going to find success in. But at the same time, I'm still testing new angles when it comes to Black Friday. You know, we're working with stuff that we know that's going to work. And then we're also playing with some other stuff. So that was the interesting thing. You know, on a lot of my accounts, I see that kind of UGC social proof angle work really well, where sometimes we do get a little scrappy, but in like a more polished way, I guess you could say. But when it came down to the sales, a lot of our content that was actually outperforming all of that stuff we know was leaning more on like the polished side, you know, high production quality, that sort of thing. So it was really interesting to see. Now, that was only on specific accounts that I work on personally here at Pilot House, but I do know it wasn't the case with all of them.
1: These days, it's expensive to get shoppers to your store, so when they do show up, you want to make the most of each order. Thankfully, there's Aftersell Post-Purchase Upsell, the most popular upsell app on Shopify. With Aftersell, you can create targeted on-brand post-purchase offers that maximize your AOV. Trusted by over 6,000 merchants, including hundreds of Shopify Plus stores like Brewmate, True Classic Teas, and Good American, Aftersell has generated over $50 million in revenue for their merchants. We've partnered with Aftersell to create a special offer for DTC listeners Visit aftersell.com slash DTC for a 10% off lifetime subscription to Aftersell and white glove support for plus merchants. On top of that, there's a 30-day free trial, so there's zero risk to installing. That's aftersell.com slash DTC. Dougie, on the technical side, I know we've talked. To, I actually, I'm blanking on some of the new, the really up to date Google ad units and sort of ad algorithmic AI technologies that that Google's rolling out. I'm curious, what from a technical like campaign structure, bidding side, what were the the levers that worked best in in the accounts uh, to scale this this Q4? Yeah,
2: I think using. Automation, where it makes sense, is definitely, um, especially when you're in a place like me, you've got multiple clients, right? You can't have eyes everywhere all at the same time, especially on a busy day like Black Friday. So utilizing Google has and will continue to move forward in the way of automation, trying to push things to be a bit more seamless. Sometimes we like that as buyers, sometimes we don't like Right. Like if we're uh, as they continue to pro- push broad, obviously we're entering auctions that we probably wouldn't have been relevant for before or wanted to enter before. But utilizing smart automation so that um, you're just taking time off your hands to spend in areas that are going to move the needle a bit more. So utilizing those auto apply recommendations for certain scenarios. I certainly don't use all of them, because otherwise, Google would take all our money and spend it away, and we'd have nothing left, uh, and very little conversion value to show for it. But there are certainly some- it's a thirsty kind of, platform. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I think there are certainly some kind of areas of client hygiene where you can certainly utilize that. And we did utilize that during the promotional period during Cyber 5 there um, to allow us to really hone in on um, looking at the data that is going to
1: help us move the needle. I want to jump into, I love, we're talking about Cyber 5. We're going to talk about Q5 a little bit. Um, but I, I'm just asking everyone who comes on the podcast now, because it's like the week of chat GPT, where every third TikTok I see is chat GPT. Everyone's talking about all the new things you can do with it. I think about like, I actually had it to come up, I had it come up with a keyword list for something the other day, but I, uh, but it was okay. It was just, it was very general. I don't think, I don't think it would really work, but I'm curious from both the creative and the buying side on Google, what are your thoughts about chat GPT and potentially like using it in the way you guys market? Is that something you're exploring so far?
2: It's not something we've used on the buying side yet, but it's certainly something I am curious and keeping a close eye on going forward. I think as it continues to evolve, it'll yeah be like you're already seeing the ads pop up. Like this ad was written by an AI, right? Like I, I certainly think that it is, I won't say it's the future, right? Uh, but I, I think there will always be kind of human hands in the mix. But I am curious to see uh, and do anticipate it becoming more in the forefront of kind of our side of advertising. Curious to see where it goes. I'm with like how many users are hopping on board. I'm I'm wondering when and where the monetization comes in on their front. Like they're, they're going to be, uh, yeah, quite the force going forward, I think.
1: It's pretty funny, too. I brought it up. I had started a chat with Saul, the head of Google. Because I've seen a bunch of people saying that this is the first time in the history of the internet, Google basically started the internet, the search engine that started the internet. This is the very first time where you can see a glimmer of like a challenge on the horizon for Google a little bit where it's like now instead of like searching for something and scrolling through a hundred, you know, listings and then trying to find your recipe and having to scroll through eight scrolls of backstory on your recipe for SEO rankings, like now there's literally this engine that can just give you an answer that makes perfect sense as soon as you ask it for exactly what you asked for. And can, then you can play jazz with it and, and you get more and more depth and more and more things. Uh, he scoffed at this entirely. He's like, that's Utterly ridiculous, of course. Uh, but we're trying to be controversial on the podcast. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm asking here. I, I, I don't think anyone's spelling the end for Google. And I think you bring up a really good point, Dougie, is like Google seamlessly brought in information, uh, this ability to like, you know, give you great information with that great ability to monetize. I'm sure AI will will be able to do it as well. But I'm, I'm curious to follow that space, see how it goes. What about on the creative side, Chelsea? It's funny, yesterday I was, uh, we're we're launching our our next live event and I needed an early bird icon. I wanted a, we're actually a super early bird. We're selling super early bird tickets. So I literally went on, on the other one on Dali and was like, okay, I need an 8-bit icon of a early bird, which is a lark I found out. So I want a, I want an icon of a lark in a superhero costume. And boom, we now have an 8-bit little icon that we have like running along the bottom of our sail. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I felt so good that I was in- integrating AI. Chelsea, anything uh, from your thoughts from your side?
0: You know, like Dougie said, I haven't dabbled in it really at all yet, but I can see it being really interesting in terms of you know, even if it's not doing the entirety of the work for us, it could be interesting for like ideating ideas, you know, because you know when you have an idea in your head, but you're not really sure how to articulate it. I think it could be useful in there, you know, and even, you know, in, like angle generation, tossing some ideas in there and just seeing what you can get back. You never know.
1: I've used that a couple of times now. I've actually had it right. Like, you know, we're building the education side of our business and I had it write avatars about a teacher who is no longer loving their teaching job and they wanted to learn more about digital marketing. It writes this whole story about this person. So I think, I think you you might be onto something there when it comes to fleshing out angles, fleshing out like ways of, of thinking about things. And I think you're ultimately right Two People are like, oh, it's going to take over. It's, it's going to we're You know, we're just going to become more cyborgs where we learn to use it. The people that, you know, if you're an essay writer in school, you're going to have to do it with pen and paper from now on going forward, probably. But for people in professionally, like they're just going to find ways to use it effectively. and, And, and again, it's, it's ability to produce great answers is often dependent on your ability to ask great questions. So it's gonna be interesting to see. Okay, well, on to Q5. So Q5, it's funny, Cyber 5, Cyber Monday's extended five days and beyond. Now we're into Q5, the secret quarter that exists during this holiday period into the new year, and new you. There's also, I I guess, like there's last minute gifting. I think I'm I'm all caught up on my gifts here. But what are we doing in this period after uh, Cyber 5 to make sure that we get into the next year in the best way possible? Is that a Dougie question?
2: Yeah, so I'll I'll speak to it. Uh, I think One of the big things around this time is shipping and pushing urgency around your holiday cutoff. And not just pushing urgency around your holiday cutoff, but also leveraging your shipping costs if you have good shipping costs. Like I think what we've seen through the year, shipping costs are going up and up and up, right? as container costs go up and up and up. I think if you offer free shipping, or even pretty cheap shipping, you need to be pushing that right now. And that's definitely something we're leveraging and seeing success in um, on the Google side of things.
1: Anything on the creative side for Q5, Chelsea?
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of what Dougie said, we're just really leveraging a lot of last chance to get it for Christmas, um, using shipping deadlines, the free shipping. Um, and then, you know, I mean, if, if you're running promos right now, just like last sale of the year, that sort of thing, just anything that creates a little bit of urgency is pretty successful this time of year.
1: And I think we touched on this already, obviously, but in 2023, Chelsea, what are you most excited about on the Google platform?
0: Yeah, so we did briefly touch on it, but I would say the biggest thing for us is definitely shorts. Like I said, it's it's something new that that we get to learn since we're usually, like I said, on the more polished side of things. So it'll be really interesting to get more into shorts and and see because a lot of the data that we're getting right now is... Obviously like valid data, but it's it's somewhat skewed because it's still such a new platform. So I'm excited to dive into that. And they're also um, introducing a new kind of way of using shorts where they're gonna lead to more long-form content. So, you know, if you have a product or a service that's higher AOV might require more than one touch point or just needs more, you know, explanation, education, that sort of thing. It's a really interesting, interesting way to use it is to have shorter shorts to give a little bit of information and then bring them to the long form stuff.
1: That's music to my ears uh, be, as someone we produce long form content on the platform. And I was just thinking about that. If, OK, we're going to put a bunch of clips out. But how do we make sure sh- our goal is to have them watch the long form content Do shorts really accomplish that. It's good to know they're building that connection out. Makes perfect sense. What about you, Dougie? What are you excited about 2023? Yeah. Even before I get
2: to that, I think uh, just one final note on Q5. I think uh, one thing people listening should be a bit aware of, uh, although Q5 isn't as big a thing on Google. And I'm with some of the other Pilot House members where Q5 quarter five doesn't make any sense to call it that. But I think it's great marketing by <laughs> Facebook and Google and the people that own these these huge conglomerates. But I do think there is certainly some potential for advertisers to start pushing a bit of spend in the final weeks of the year here, because you're going to get your cheapest CPCs of the year. You're going to be buying traffic at a discount that, in theory, is going to come back in 2023. So maybe not as much of a focus on the last click, Purchase now mentality for these final few weeks post the holiday cutoff, right? Uh, but definitely, you should start thinking about buying some uh, users at a discount now because it's going to be as cheap as you can get it. And these are still people coming to your site, spending valuable time on site, getting to know your brand that are presumably going to come back and buy in 2023. Uh, so before I get to 2023, I just wanted to throw that out there as something uh, we should all be all be aware about. But in terms of 2023. Excited about uh, the UA, obviously, maybe not excited about this because I've come to know and love uh, Universal Analytics over the years. uh, But that's being sunset in the summer of 2023. So that's definitely something to be aware of, making sure people are navigating over to GA4 as soon as possible. The continued development of Performance Max, it's something that is uh, still, I think, um, still finding our legs in a lot of ways. And I think if anyone tells you they know exactly how to buy with Pmax and they know it perfect strategy. They're wrong because we've tested a million and it, it seems to work uh, a different way for each client. So I think, uh, yeah, the continued development of PMAX is certainly something I'm looking forward to. Um, as well, The there's a couple current betas that I'm hoping will be rolled out in 2023 for um, all of the listeners as well a B testing shopping versus pmax so in that same vein are we seeing performance perform <laughs> are we seeing more conversions through shopping versus pmax or is it a mix right with there's certain clients we have that are only running pmax or only running shopping or a mix of both having that split test is very very interesting to me as well um, going back to the YouTube side of things value-based bidding currently in beta but uh, excited to see that rolled out for uh, 2023 as well so a little bit more focus on the YouTube YouTube side for that direct attribution, um, less of a focus on awareness there and yeah, being able to bid based on conversion value rather than um, CPA. So uh, a couple of things that I'm excited for that are currently in the works, um, but coming down the pipe for I think everyone in 2023.
1: I'm really excited for uh, shorts to long form content right now with shorts, you're choosing to send generally to a product, I guess right now it's the call to action goes to a product. So marketers will have to figure out that pipeline as to whether it makes sense to send directly to a product from a short directly to a longer form video and then to the because I guess longer form videos don't often have a great call to action to get to the product could be part of the problem there be good when you're trying to build your audience and own your audience's attention, but might be a little bit harder for direct response potentially.
0: I might use this opportunity to plug the YouTube Partner Program. <laughs> yeah. So, YouTube Partner Program, I mean, super basically put, it, you have to be a part of that program to monetize YouTube channel. So, what you typically can do with a feature with YouTube with their link cards is just link to other videos within YouTube. Um so that's on ads or like on organically posted content. But if you're a part of the YouTube Partner Program, you can link to external cards. So that would mean if you do have a long-form content, so we could do this in our ads or if you have a longer video, you can link to, say, a product page instead of just to another video. So it's a really good opportunity if you are part of that program and you want to then kind of use that flow to link to products. Um, So. Again, using YouTube Shorts and posting those organically is super easy if you're already making that content. And it does kind of get you closer to those thresholds of being able to apply to the YouTube Partner Program. So, yeah, that's another thing that we're really pushing for a lot of our accounts to uh, work towards because we've seen some ex- some success with it already, adding those external link cards. So,
1: Well, we're going to go offline and consult on um – our YouTube channel because right now we get most of our listens on audio and almost all of the comments on YouTube. If you're listening to this, go to our YouTube channel and, and upvote it. Most of the comments on our YouTube video are like, how are you getting, this content is great. How are you getting so few views on it? And I think it's because we've just done YouTube as an afterthought. So maybe we can connect and you guys can help me grow, grow our YouTube presence a little bit better.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Very cool. Thanks for coming on the All Killer, No Filler podcast today. It was both of your first times and you were both excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Eric.
1: Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you're not getting the D2C newsletter, you can subscribe for free at directtoconsumer.co. And if you want to learn more about Pilot House's all killer, no filler services, take off to pilothouse.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C podcast. We'll see you next time.